And welcome back, everyone, to Thunderdome Metal Reviews, your church of heavy metal. We're like all good religions. We are doing a sequel this week. And between the Buried and Me colors, too. The sequel nobody but Tracy asked for, but everybody has to suffer through. And welcome. I am the <laughs> Reverend Dave. Nobody Jesus. asked for? Maybe a YouTube knuckle draggers? I but said I nobody but Tracy. Asked for it. <laughs> Included you, Tracy. Here, just me. You probably. asked for it. But only the this world is world? an album only Tracy asked for. I also feel <laughs> somewhat responsible because they're from Raleigh. I'm sorry, everyone. But, <laughs> but it is an album, as Ben likes to remind us about albums. An album. This is almost two albums, as a matter of fact. So um Gabe is also with us on this voyage, as is the Dr. David Pito. This is the ninth studio album by this band. I'm really impressed by that for some reason. Released on 8-20-2021. As you have guessed, it is Tracy's pick. Recorded in basement studios in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. On Sumerian Records. Produced by Jamie King and the band itself. Comes in at a felt 78 minutes and 40 seconds. The band at the time of recording. And perhaps even at the time of our recording. Tommy Giles Rogers Jr., what a name, on vocals and keyboards, Paul Wagoner on lead guitars, Dusty Waring on rhythm guitars, Dan Briggs on bass and keyboards, Blake Richardson on drums, harsh vocals on Revolution and Limbo, and with Mike Portnoy, Nevin Copperwise, and Can Schlack, respective drum solos and Fix the Air. Tracy, what inspired you to pick this album? What indeed. So I'd heard these guys prior to Colors 1 being released. And I was like, oh, whatever, okay. And about three years ago, I came across, they end up releasing two EPs in a year because they're, uh, they kind of wanted to do it and their record label kind of forced them to do it and just Automata 1 and 2. And they released, you know, six months apart in 2018. And I really dug those. And so I went back and looked through their back catalog. And I was just like, holy shit this sound changed a lot from when i first heard them and because i had the remembering them as prior to colors and you know doing this now looking at it, and then you see like everybody but the one guitarist and the singer so this band really came into being right prior to the colors album coming out and then it's like okay that makes a lot of sense why all those albums after that sound extremely different compared to their first couple releases but i had been waffling back and forth on doing a blast between these because i couldn't really decide on what albums i wanted to pick and i don't know if it'd be albums there'd be a couple of eps in there as well so for ben and david they'd be album linked because i think their eps come in at like 45 minutes yeah that's an album tracy so um but yeah and so i saw those coming out and i was like yes and i was like i'm gonna force upon them you did you did that i did we live in the present the past has occurred <laughs> so i'm really interested to see what y'all's thoughts especially coming into this i guess sight unseen blind no prior. well i was i was glad that you were giving us another periphery album i was like oh okay so <laughs> um you know Raleigh's a weird place. And I don't know if these people are transplants. Most of Raleigh is. It's like Nashville. Like, where are you from? Uh, Buffalo. Anyway. So I did appreciate that it was experimental. 
and I know that's your thing. I, you know, I like Mr. Bungle. I mean, I put like in air quotes because Mr. Bungle's like a thing you sort of endure and it's a lifestyle choice. But so I, you know, I'm fine with genre bending. Um, and there were, there's moments they hit their stride that this music's either pretty or pretty good. I mean, it's, it has a lot of moments that are actually pretty good. It is, I will not deny Tracy, all over the place. I like it more than the Apocalyptician writer. I will say that. I find it's all it. over the place for different reasons. Yes, yes, and all over the place in a different way. What are what do you what like? You that's like that? that's unintentionally all over the place, and this is intentionally all over the place. Indeed. I find, I find the fact that this is intentionally all over the place more infuriating. <laughs> I just knew you were going to say that. I know because there are so many good ideas, and this is this is an incredibly well played album. It is M musically uh, fantastic. Out of the 78 minutes, man, you could, if they had an editor that had whittled it down to, if, if they whittled it down to 50 minutes, this could have been a, man, this would have been the album of the year. But there's just so much. I, I wish I had, before my week went off the rails, I had intended to go back and listen to the uh, our review of Daya Pacalita Raida because Tracy summed up my feelings for this album and what he said on that one you know when you get this um and i can't remember his exact words that's wanted why i wanted to go look at it but when you get this self-indulgent and navel gazing it, you mm -hmm. just lose me and that's what this was man there, there, there were uh a hundred good ideas hidden under a thousand bad ones so like American foreign policy is what you're saying. <laughs> so, well, I wouldn't give but, um, American foreign policy a hundred good ideas. But yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> maybe an excess of good ideas. But right, yeah. the inspiration is clear. Oh, you want democracy, but you did this. Okay. Yeah. Italy so, has entered the chat. <laughs> Sorry, indeed. everyone. It's been a long week of teaching. And Weller. And Weller. Well, this was a... Contact us for sponsorships. So, <laughs> indeed, the difference for me between Diapocalyptic Writer and these guys is Diapocalyptic Writer were dudes who went to a studio and played 500 hours, like, ah, we're going, we think this works and this works, this works. This is actually moves like it's almost really for one entire song. Cause, like, even this separation between songs, it's like, there's not actually a clear break between songs, it just moves right into the next. And this was purposeful. And these guys play their instruments thousands of times better than I think the Apocalypse Rider do. I think the drummer in here is fantastic. Which they one? Do, they brought in like three other dudes to play drums. They brought in three other dudes for solos on one track. And all of them are known great drummers in the business. Like everybody knows who Mike Portner is, even if they don't typically follow Dream Theater. But this album is significantly much better well played than that one. And I enjoy I won't this argue album that because I do think that they that it's that it's more well played. But uh, you know, the, the fact that they meant to do this does not make it better, in my opinion. I would much rather hear guys experiment and work through their thought processes and the way the apocalypse writer did then like oh we're super clever and we can take this one idea <sighs> actually before i say that 
one thing that I really appreciate they did, which I was going to give them a lot of credit for, was the way that I've offended Gabe and he has left us again. Um, the one thing that I was going to give them credit for is the way that it these songs reference themselves until I realized that it was one fucking song that I was listening to. So it wasn't even referencing. <laughs> it was just the same goddamn song. <laughs> so that, that caused me to, to have to take a couple of points off. I really liked that song, but um, yeah, man, this is just, um, it's an embarrassment of riches. It's too many good ideas. I mean, I guess if you want to release a double album and the label won't let you next time, you just release an album that is as long as two albums and just call it one, which is also a bad idea. Well, you don't like Flintstone sound effects? Not particularly, but... I just don't, don't think Ben likes Prague. I like good Prague. <laughs> which we've been over in previous episodes. <laughs> Gabe, where are you at with this, buddy? This this is uh, unbelievable. Sorry, guys. It's <laughs> all good. All good. Kept marching on. Oh, it's we just continue. My leg got ripped off while you were off the call, so when Death Metal told me to go on. Um, what did you think of this album? We just watched a pretty standard Tracy and Ben ruining their friendship fight about whether this was fantastic or shitty. And I think you all know who fell on which side of the divide. Um, Gabe, where are you at? Yeah, I feel like, you know, approaching these prog, uh, prog metal records, a lot of it seems to be, you know, can you deal with the potential incongruity of whatever it is the record throws at you? And if you can, then it somehow works. And if you can't, then it doesn't. Um, and for me, this record was like, you know, it was disappointingly spotty because there were really some parts where I was, I was on, you know, along for the ride. Um, and you'll hear, like, I, I dug a lot of the songs, but there were a lot of moments where I was just like, man, this is dragging, or man, this is going on for too long. They got to do something different. Um, and just genre hopping isn't going to save it. You know what I mean? So uh, musically, uh, you know, the musicianship is there, as Ben was saying. Uh, that's not the problem. The problem is, you know, the composition and reining, reining it in when you need to rein it in. I'm nodding furiously because I agree with everything Gabe just said. Um, to me, this was like listening sometimes, but back before I got satellite radio, when I was driving from Wisconsin back to Kentucky, I would put my radio on shuffle or seek to try and find something good to listen to. And sometimes I would be doing that for 45 minutes. So it would go from station to station, play like five seconds and then move on. That's what listening to this album was like. David, you've been kind of mum over the album itself. Uh, you know, it's Prague and it did remind me a bit of Periphery. And there's some moments where they really, when they hit the, when they do the pretty shit, it's pretty. And I'm okay with that. I don't mind that. Like they make some just very pleasing, listenable, catchy shit. But then there'd be like Flintstones running away from me or, you know, I love a good drums. I'd love a good cowbell, but sometimes do I need this much cowbell? I don't know. As I said, I like Mr. Bungle. I don't mind the genre hopping. It wasn't bad. And I certainly liked it more than, and I'm sorry, Weimar, I love you as a town, but the Apocalypse and Rider were a lot. It was certainly, I guess, more focused than that. I mean, 
I agree both with that there is more intentionality, but I also agree with should we be mad about that? I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, you know, it's all right. I mean, you'll see when I give it a grade. I think it was terrible, but it's not something I'm going to take to a desert island or send to aliens on a golden record or... Um, and there's, you know, I like it. I'll tell you now, I like it actually probably less than Periphery or the Ocean Collective, which is also very proggy, but a little tighter, I think, and admits when a double album is a double album. Say what you want about the Ocean Collective, but they'll just put out two albums. <laughs> so this was long, man. This was a lot. The fact that it took me over, it took me like three and a half hours to get through the three albums for this week, which fucked up my method. And it was mostly because of this album. I mean, I think um, this album's as long as the other two combined. I think you're right. It's no, close. It's a, it's a slog. And I like Raleigh and I like experimenting. So if you are into Prague and you like genre bending, this is a great album. It's well played. It has some fun songs on it. But if you want something that's focused or not 80 minutes, you should go to a different bar. I think one of the things with me and Tracy's disagreements about Prague is we have different operational definitions of what Prague is. And for me, Prague is really great playing, really soaring, intricate, epic songs, but it's not jumping from idea to idea 15 times in the same progression, which I, I don't know if that's what Tracy's definition of Prague is, but a lot of the Prague Tracy really likes does that. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, to be able to play that, is impressive to be able to go from idea to idea like that. And I'm assuming that they didn't multi-track a whole bunch of stuff, but maybe they did. Um, I, I respect, but it's just not for me. I'm here for a journey and I got a journey. That's well, that's, you sure did. You I sure think that's did. what it is, is. I actually sat down and listened to this album. It's like, all right, here we go. Like, I think, I was here for all the ups and valleys and all the batshit craziness in this album. And like, I, I'm good with all this genre hopping within songs. Like, I feel like that is ruffles my feathers a lot less than either anybody on this currently on this podcast. So like, I think that's like perfectly simple with me. Maybe let's talk about the things they're calling songs. Well, I'll go ahead and go first and say all of them and done. I'll go next, fix the air and done. <laughs> okay, Gabe and I will bring up the rear and mention more than one or all tracks. <laughs> um, do you not want to highlight anything, Ben? I think Ben literally is done. But um, um, well, I mean, I, I could say something good about each track because there's so much genre hopping and it's so well played that there were ideas in each one that I really yeah. liked. But really the only one that, because Revolution and Limbo I actually thought was pretty fucking cool too, but the yeah. only one that I liked from beginning to end was Fix the Air. Yeah, I like Revolution and the Limbo. Fix the Air is good. I do like that song. Certainly the best is fine. Prehistory annoys me, but it's also kind of cool. I think you said it well, Ben. There's parts of all these songs that are really nice, actually. But then I moved on to a different thing. You're like, wait, what? I was listening to that, but now we're screaming again. And that's okay. I like screaming. But uh, if you like a lot of genre bending, 
this is a good album. And I thought I did, but then I got to the end of this, I'm like, okay. I don't know. I'm not sure they convinced me. They t- I don't know. I feel like there is, there's no way to put a finger, like I can't put a, my finger on it, but they just, really, I didn't ever quite commit. Because Mr. Bungle, say what you want about Mr. Bungle, but Mr. Bungle commits. I feel like there was a hesitancy here and a flightiness that made me take it less seriously. Also, it was six hours long, so that may have been an issue as well. I'm going to stop talking. I think Gabe dropped again. Well, gosh darn it to heck, y'all. I just, before we jump into grades... Talk more. Talk more about socks. Well, let me ask you a question, Tracy. Okay. Is this a sequel only in name, or does this sound significantly like Colors 1? Good question. I, I felt like it was the Isuzu Trooper 1. Like I'm like, is that a thing? I've never seen it. What's... I, I think it's a sequel for the band in the sense of like where they were at mentally when they wrote them. Okay. From what I've read about where they were wanting to go and what they were wanting to do and kind of like their, where they were at mentally in the aspects when they wrote it and performed and recorded it. Okay. Because stylistically, everything since Colors 1 is very similar in this style of the genre hopping and prior, like prior to Colors, they're much more of that early like Mastodon, the harder bareness, like Southern metal kind of style that kind of proliferated around the early 2000s. Interesting. That with like a slight touch of like hardcore, a little bit of Southern groove to it. And when they, you know, Raleigh dude, when they replaced three members, I think it totally changed their stylistically sound. I can see that. And and they took a, this much more different approach. And I think it's similar to the like, we have a lot of different interests and we enjoy a lot of different kinds of music. And they kind of want to incorporate everything into their stuff as they write it. Um, they certainly did that. They did. And it's interesting because going into grades, like I'm having to think about grade on this and where I want to put it. But I'm also going to consider where I would grade this, their other albums as well, because I think they have a couple other better albums but I really fucking like this album. So I'm kind of at that point of like, where do I put it at? That sounds like a tough problem to have, Tracy. It does. Um, and, you know, we've touched on this before, but since we're kind of stalling for time, I'll, I'll go back into it a little bit. And, and I don't think we've had this conversation on camera in that I, I certainly understand the, the desire to rank the, an album within the discography and where it goes. But certain bands have more than one A album. I mean, uh, the oh, that's for damn sure. So I mean, you know, it's Anthrax, <laughs> Anthrax, Slayer. I mean, we Slayer. gave damn near every one of Slayer's except Factory. Like one album. Yeah. So I mean, it, it just because you might think another album is slightly better than the one, this one doesn't mean that this one's not an A for you. Well, like and that's that's totally legit. I'm gonna have to approach it in the sense of like the differentiation between the albums is going to have to be like a point kind of deal. Like, well, this sure. was just slightly better than that one. Like, yeah, no, totally. go about mm-hmm. it adjust- and adjusting for them. But, so if you heard, but if you heard Power Slave, <laughs> that's, that's the, for me, the defining question <laughs> the here. Barometer, yes. All well, right, we, Gabe. Well, we've all heard Power Slave. <laughs> we have all heard Power Slave. We have. Um, so what tracks did you like, Gabe? I liked uh, Double Helix of Extinction. 
I thought the turns that it took was, were pretty cool. Um, I liked Fix the Error uh, and uh, not as jarring as the Salsa Breakdown in Revolution in Limbo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Never Seen Future Stock could have been good as maybe two songs or more, but not as one song. It just didn't work. Staring to the Abyss was really not metal in the slightest, but I like the vibe. Same thing with Prehistory. There's like some Dobro or Mandolin or some shit in there. I like that. Um, Bad Habits was really satisfyingly metal. I enjoyed that. Um, Turbulent was a song that I was missing the entire album. It's a lot less all over, all over the place. And that's pretty much uh, what I enjoyed. Um, I think there were really some solid moments in there, but it just wasn't consistent. So the specific track I was listening to when I just start laughing, thinking about your reaction to this band, it was mm -hmm. the future is behind us. I'm like, yeah, he's going to love this album. <laughs> that fucking Ferris oh, yeah. Bueller so that one, shit. That one, <laughs> that sounds like, you know, that, that track sounds like Oingo Boingo. You know what Indeed. I mean? Like it's, it's, it's not even Oingo like, Boingo. I mean, I like Oingo Boingo too, but it's not metal. You know what I mean? Like. Oh, the, it's this metal or not conversation. Yeah, um, there was enough moments of metal on here, but again, with all the genre hopping, it could be metal at one moment in a song and then the next not be. So that didn't necessarily bother me so much. And and to be honest, sometimes I like it when if you have, like when Black Sabbath would do one of those acoustic interludes. That's not really metal either, but I enjoyed that. So uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, Tracy, go ahead and give us your grade on the beast of an album or a or an a plus <laughs> yeah i'm going to give it an a i think it is i can go ahead and say it will be in my top 10 for the year like i don't even doubt that just from where it sits for whatever thing else i've heard this year already it's going to be in my top 10 probably top five i i give it an a if i was to look at their discography as a rank it there might be like one or two i like over it but I think it's, I really enjoy this album. I am not going to put it in my top 10, but it was all right. It's a solid album. This is a B minus. There are moments of genius and some pretty moments. I might even actually listen to this later. I feel like I need to give this another spin, but. You should listen to this with your wife. I feel like your wife would find moments in this she'd enjoy. She would, but then suddenly he'd be yelling at her. So you should have seen the look I got the other day. We were walking and oh. it was an apple playlist and fear factory came on and she like stopped the whole thing she like stopped us walking and like looked at me i'm like god damn it like i thought i'd slipped it in there like all subtle like because there was like an edm song and then some pop and then suddenly some fear fly to the edge crusher and the fucking fear factor edge crusher was happening and she was like no absolutely not so when tracy said when one of these songs flipped to that she'd be like nope we're done here and uh, uh write this down everyone i love my wife a lot uh we just don't agree on that issue b minus what about your daughter? My daughter would probably actually, that's a good question. She didn't hear this. She might like the genre bending. She tends to really like thrash and death metal. She likes speed, I think, probably because I gave it to her in utero as like a prenatal vitamin. And then as an infant subject her like the sweets, putting their babies in snow, I put her in death metal. So she would probably say it's too slow, but uh, she's not here. I'll ask her, Tracy. It's a more corrupter. That's what it is. Uh, you would. I'm going to come home and she's going to be listening to like fucking Glockenspiel with like screamer vocals over it. And I'm like, what the fuck did Uncle Tracy do to you? She's like, no, but it changes to polka in a second. And then I just right. leave. Then I just quit. There's 14 seconds of kazoo coming up. We can't miss that. <laughs> you, you can't poo-poo Paducah. You can rob it with bazooka. 
True fact. Um, well, I think I'm going to give this uh, record a B minus as well. Uh, I think that it's definitely not as I would say. Uh, there are a lot more moments of this that work than some of the other prog records that I've heard before, and uh, they have to be given props for those. Um, it's got a, it's definitely got potential. It definitely had potential, and it's de this is one of those rare times where I almost wish I could give this two separate ga uh, gaves. I wish I could give it two gaves for being amazing. <laughs> I wish I could give it two grades. I wish I could give it a grade for just the, the musicianship and then a grade for what I think the album is, but unfortunately, I can't do that. Um, I will go ahead and spoil, though, that if I was going to grade the musicianship, it would be an A+. But as far as an album, I, I think it's a C+. I think that if you are a fan of this going into it, you're really, really going to like it. But there is just too many ideas contained in each song for, I think, it to have a whole lot of wide appeal, or at least wide Ben appeal. What are we doing next, Tracy? Next, we're looking at the long-awaited return of the Kings of Metal and looking at Iron Maiden's new release, Sinjutsu. I thought you I were talking about Manowar there for a second since you said the Kings of Metal. <laughs> no, it's no, not. No, Manowar pretender Kings of Metal. It's Iron Maiden, and I want, and I hope it sounds like Power Slave, y'all. Uh, it, it's not going I, I'm hesitant because my remembrance of Book of Souls does not have me very hopeful for this album. I thought Book of Souls was all right. You and I apparently don't agree on that. We haven't reviewed it yet. It, well, I maybe mean, you two will have a If we, if we were to say all right, though, where would you put that, David? All right. Where would you put it in our grading? It's not, it's not Power Slave, if that's what you're asking. Like, if you were to, <laughs> everything is below Power Slave. Everything is below Power Slave. So, seventh Son of a Seventh Son, I like about it. It's like, Power okay. Slave and then A. Plus. And then A. Plus. Yeah. Power Slave, <laughs> then Seventh Son and A. Plus, and then other shit. Um, but then here we go. I'm going We'll like, find out, dude. We're going to find out, Tracy. We're going to put it to the test. So tune in, motherfuckers. Is it you're an all right, right, right album? Tune. I'm sick of motherfucking tired of these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking metal review. <laughs> well, they had to park Air Force One. Maybe it's because of snakes. Air Force One. Maybe it's because of the snakes. That was a good choice. Well, we will definitely talk about their jumbo jet for at least half of the next podcast. So tune in to our next episode of Thunderdome Metal Review. Dun 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 dun.